Welcome to The Reality Revolution. I'm your host, Brian Scott. Nothing matters. Those words, they seem sort of shocking. I mean, certainly. Everything matters, right? Our kids matter. Our bills matter. Our love matters. There's a lesson that Fenwick Holmes, the brother of Ernest Holmes, gives in his book, The Law of Mind in Action, and that is that nothing matters. So many of the ills of the world are due to hurt feelings and worry over what other people say and do that we need a new motto. Holmes tells us, let us try this, nothing matters. Jesus exclaims, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. That has nothing to do with you unless you allow it. Why do you allow yourself to worry and fuss if someone seems preferred before you? There is enough for you to do. You have your place somewhere. What does it matter to you if your neighbor does act unneighborly? He won't have the opportunity to hurt you unless you care. Why should you go about with an aching heart because people won't take your advice or insist on doing things in a different way from that which you approve? Will that change them at all? Suppose some member of your family is a bit uncouth or rude. Don't you see that you're only aggravating it by caring? When you show your indifference, not defiantly, but by really not allowing it to matter, you will see the things change. You say, business is going wrong and I must worry. Worry will only hasten the end. You need to save yourself so that you will have a clear mind to act in case of emergency or a change for the better. Say, nothing matters. Sensitive-minded people are always undergoing some new form of mental torture. And the thing for which they suffer doesn't matter much after all. And they wouldn't suffer at all if they would refuse to be annoyed. And if you really do care very much, you cannot remedy things by caring. You are really being negative and just suffering. You can never get the most out of life by depending on anybody or anything for your happiness. You must be free of dependence on all. Otherwise, you will be subject to chance and change. You'll become a victim of circumstance. You will truly enjoy friends and things only as you know how to live without them. Shall you make it a necessity of your friend? Then you make him your servant. Rather, will you say, I will extract the full joy of this hour. Today is all there is. If tomorrow he goes away or seeks companionship elsewhere, then we have already extracted all there is of value between us. To companion with him now would be to fan coals, to a glow, to make me think there is a fire. It does not matter. I must go on to new experiences. So too, you must know how to live without things, or you are to become their slave. Rather, should you extract from all the essence of joy for the hour, and as the bee sips the nectar and parses on, so you pass from good to good because no one thing has become a necessity to you. Take everything but cling to nothing. Then indeed do things become your servant, not 
you their slave. To fear loss, to feel hurt, to mourn over that which is passing is to give reality to the negative side of life and to draw greater evil in its train. By the law of attraction, we draw outer things to correspond to our inner thought and feeling and soon the thing we greatly feared has come upon us. Rather, let us say, what is that to me? I really don't care. Now I start forgetting. Then we are ready for positive thinking. Then we put up to the creative mind the image of the good we desire and the law of correspondences will bring it to us. We claim from the law anything we desire from friends to fortune, but we do not demand this particular friend or that identical fortune. That is hypnotism and dictation to the law as to how it shall work. That might be to demand something that will bring us hurt. Rather, must we hold up the perfect idea of the good we seek and let divine mind specialize it for us and manifest it in form. We must follow the command, follow thou me. We are to follow not after the negative, but after the positive. We are to seek first the kingdom of consciousness, the inner spirit and faith in life and all things shall be added unto us. So let's start forgetting. There are so many things to lay away in graves, dead hates and fears and doubts that flay and all these little faults scarce worth a groan. There are so many black days we have known. There is no use regretting. Let's try forgetting. Let's start forgetting. A thought of envy is no pleasant guest and hatred nourished leaves no peace or rest. A tears no thing to treasure and no strife becomes a cornerstone to fuller life. Away with grief and fretting, let's start forgetting. Realization. I am now entered into the secret place of the Most High. I am resting in the presence of spirit. The world is shut out. I am shut in the temple of my soul. I am in touch with all that is. I am drawing from the springs of life and peace and plenty. I am waiting on the Lord that he may renew my strength. My mind is open. My soul is receptive. My body receives the healing touch. In this vast quiet of spirit, I am unafraid and undisturbed. No evil can befall me here. Nothing negative matters, for it has no real power and I am not afraid of it. I see only the good. I hear only the good. Now everything seems good and beautiful to me. I trust in the restoring and creative power of spirit. I have faith in God and I give thanks. The thing I greatly feared has come upon me. This is a true saying. But why? Because that is exactly the way the law works. The universal creative intelligence takes the strongest impress of our thought as its model and begins to create each thing after its kind. If fear is our thought, then that is our model and it is done unto us as we think. The law is neutral and impersonal and having no choice of its own, it acts upon our choice. Our thought and faith are the model on which the law builds and if we wish a beautiful house, we must have a beautiful plan. 
We cannot expect a mansion in heaven if our plans call for a doghouse on earth. We are told by the psychologist that every mental action has a corresponding physical reaction of some sort. Then to hold fear in our thought is to cause it to materialize in the same way. Disease is this thing that appears on the body to correspond to some image of the thought held by us, either consciously or unconsciously. Usually we ourselves can trace our trouble back to its mental source, but not always, because it is often an unconscious thing. Frequently we find that the image was produced by a shock of some kind as in the death of or accident to the one we love, or perhaps to some story we have read or heard, or it may have been due to the race belief or suggestion of fear and disease and belief in it, or it may be due to our general way of looking at things without any specific or special thought, or it may be due to some current prevailing belief in sickness as in an epidemic. One who is sensitive to mental impressions is open to the most subtle suggestions from the many minds about him. In the case of the great influenza epidemic, which was due to chaotic world thinking, fear, worry, and hatred, we found many minds open to it. Yet, though large numbers died of this fear thought, we know that those who came under mental treatment were easily and readily cured. There were cases in every degree in progress of the influenza, yet they yielded readily to the treatment by realizing the perfect peace and calm in the divine mind in which we live, move, and have our being, and which lives us, moves us, and is the self of us. Large numbers of people were cured in one treatment, and even while they were telephoning for relief, they were healed. Our every word, thought, and feeling thus finds expression in our body or personality. Each word or thought is a ruler, though it be king for but an instant and the law is a servant. Our personality is the aggregate of our thinking expressed in form. The totality of our thinking makes us what we are, the aggregate of our thinking of a normal healthy person. Therefore, he has health. The chronic invalid is one whose mind consciously or unconsciously dwells more on disease than health. Some people appear always unlucky. They expect it and the law works out their misfortune to its bitter conclusion. Others are proverbially lucky. They expect luck and good fortune, therefore smiles upon them. Our attitudes of mind, therefore, control our destiny. Men who succeed are found to be those who expect success, and men who fail are those who mostly fear failure. Of course, in any particular case, it is not always possible to trace out the full working of the law of cause and effect because so many elements work in. Often, the habitually fearful have days of hope, and the habitually hopeful have days of fear. What all of us need to do, therefore, is to bring up the aggregate of our thinking for health, wealth, and love so that it shall outbalance any possible amount of negative thinking. Nothing matters. We all need to bring our thought up to the highest point of cheer that we possibly can so that we can counteract the currents of fear into which we may, for a time, allow ourselves to be swept. And into these currents, every one of us tends at times to be drawn through a false idea of sympathy, we allow ourselves to feel sorry about ourselves or someone else. The heart of great compassion naturally goes out in loving regard for those who are in the path of error, sorrow, or loss. This is right and natural, but many of us allow this sentiment to degenerate into pity, not for them, but for their misfortune. Instead of doing what we can to alleviate the suffering, we simply condole and sympathize with the error thus allowing ourselves to feel the reality of evil or negation 
and so making ourselves at one with it. Pity of this kind of evil? Do not indulge in it. Do not allow yourself to be indulged in it. Don't make it matter. How easy is it for us to want others to sympathize with us, to pity us, to feel sorry for us? It is not only a great sign of weakness, it is also very selfish and it opens us to all their negative thinking about us. I won't have anybody pity me, said one of the noblest women I ever knew when she was working far beyond her ordinary strength. With an invalid husband, a family, and great responsibility, she would yet not allow the mental attitude to be held toward her. She rose at length above her difficulties. Jesus made a remarkable statement at one time. He said, The prince of the world cometh and findeth nothing in me. What did he mean? He meant that no thought of lack or evil or fear could enter his mind because there was nothing in him to attract it. The negative thought comes blowing along, but it cannot blow in. On the mind that is positive, for there is nothing in that mind to attract or hold it. Hence evil cannot become a reality to that soul. This is the reason why we should place the mind on the highest things because it holds the mind positive only to the best and the worst can have no part in us for it does not find anything in us. Will this troop help us to get rid of our fears? I do not know. We need to be warned against wrong thinking. We need to know that our fears will destroy us but then we want to forget it. We must not allow ourselves to say well I expect to be destroyed by these negative things. Rather, we should forget it all by turning our thought to the highest and finest things in which we can find interest. Wherefore dost thou doubt, O ye of little faith, asks the great teacher. Cheer up, he says constantly, be not anxious for your life, what ye shall eat, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on, for the life is more than the food and the body than the raiment. Consider the ravens that they sow not, neither reap which have no store chamber nor barn, and God feedeth them. Of how much more value are ye than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit unto the measure of his life? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they toil not. Neither do they spin, yet I say unto you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So if God so clothed the grass which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more shall he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Your father knoweth. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is faith and love that solves our problems. It is love. Love walks on the waves to still the turbulent sea of life. Love quiets the storm and brings the frail vessel to a safe harbor. Love says, it is I, be not afraid. It is love that says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. It is love that lifts the burden, love that lightens every task. Fear not, but cease thy struggle. Love will give you all you ask. Love is God and all about you. Breathes his presence on the air. Unseen hands are raised to help you. By the presence everywhere, love is life. Its rising surges sweep in tides around the wreck. Lift and bear it to the ocean. With the captain on the deck, thou captain, God, the ocean, love the power that moves the tide. Pilot past the bar and breakers, love is acting as thy guide. Realization, God is in his heaven and all is right with the world. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. No evil shall befall me and no plague come nigh my dwelling. He has given his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. 
They shall bear me up in their hands, lest I dash my foot against a stone. I am kept by that perfect love that casts out all fear. Fear cannot come near me, because my mind is stayed on the highest and the best. I look you mentally in the face and defy you. Discouragement and fear. You have no part in me, for I am above you. I will not pity myself, because that only makes my fear more real. I know that all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. I will use this God power in me, and I am thankful for it. Thoughts of self-pity and fear have no influence with me. I will not allow anyone to pity me, for that will only fasten this thing upon me. The prince of this world, fear and sickness, comes to me, but they do not find a welcome here. There is nothing in me to give them a welcome. Yes, perfect love casts out fear from me. He that clothes the lily will look after my interests. I am safe in the assurance that if this particular thing should fall, there is something better to come to me. I know I can succeed. I will succeed. I am success. I am courage. I am faith. I am the victory. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And I have all the faith there is. Concentrate your thought for a moment on the positive things you want. Make up your mind that you will have the best and the best only. If you do not know now just what course to follow, there is a mind in you that does. Depend on it. Resolve to be led by the divine wisdom that speaks through you. Step out in faith on the new venture for health, wealth, or love, and expect great things. The spirit in you will soon lead you into the best. Now let this good come to me. Let it come in the best possible way. Let me be led by divine wisdom. Let me be prospered. Thou givest me above all I ask or think, and I am satisfied that all is well with me. I render thanks, and so be it. Now, obviously, Fenwick Holmes is not saying that nothing matters. The point is that those things that you're worried about really don't matter. Those things that you obsess upon really don't matter. We do spend our time caring about things. People spend enormous quantities of energy, risk, and calculation on the details of their lives. Think of how an ordinary individual sweats over their appearance their health, their sex life, their emotional honesty, their social utility, their self-knowledge, the quality of their ties to the family and colleagues, how well they do their job. Leading a human life is a full-time occupation. And you dedicate so much concern and worry. Why is there so much intense concern? What if nothing we do really matters? That's the question I want you to look at. It doesn't mean that this life doesn't matter. Now, I know that some of us, at some points in our lives, are stuck by a vision of the universe that seems devoid of value. In such a state of mind, all human striving appears absurd, and the grandest achievements seem worthless. And in those moments, it can feel like nothing matters. Now, although there are schools of thought like nihilism and absurdism and existentialism, that say that life doesn't matter. I'm not saying life doesn't matter. I'm saying nothing matters in this particular density that you need to worry about. As somebody that has worried about stuff and put too much energy into stuff, finding this balance and understanding that it really usually doesn't matter really helped me out. I used to spend nights awake agonizing 
about the past, being anxious about the future. I felt locked into and fighting out how to finish the puzzle of what I was supposed to be. So I think it's more of like an optimistic nihilism, or more appropriately, stoicism, which really professed the idea that things were not as important as you thought that they were. Stoics still emphasized virtue and essentially believed that we should maximize positive emotions, reduce negative emotions, and help individuals to hone their virtues of character. It helped us to overcome the limitations of the mind. This is the happy balance with the idea that nothing matters. But when Fenwick Holmes is talking about it, in particular, he is talking about it in reference to fears and worries. That stuff doesn't matter. I believe that love and all the good things matter. I think that God matters. I think this world matters. It's beautiful and wonderful. And of course, it matters to me. But when I am talking to somebody that's struggling, oftentimes I find myself saying, that doesn't matter. That's insignificant. That's unimportant. Why are you worried about that? Nothing matters that you think it does. There are things, of course, that matter in this world. But most of the stuff that you're worried about don't matter. I want you to go back 10 years and think about the things that were really stressed about. Maybe your friend wasn't calling or something had happened in your life. And now, 10 years later, did any of that stuff matter? There is other stuff that does matter. The stuff that matters is the love. It's our connection. The service we offer each other. The beauty within us. Those things matter to me. Nobody's going to tell me that nothing matters. But nothing matters that is fearful or worrisome in your life. So it's really more about importance. Check out my episode about reducing importance to manifest. The key point here is, are you making things matter too much that really don't matter? Are you worried about losing that job that if you lost it, it really wouldn't matter. You'd find a better one. Are you worried about not having a relationship with that one person when in reality, it really wouldn't matter because there's somebody better around the corner. That's what I want you to look at. And then forget about the stuff that doesn't matter. If you go through your life and the things that you're focused on and worried about and concerned about, if you stepped back and asked yourself, do these things really matter? You'd be surprised about how much stuff you dwell on and obsess on really doesn't matter. And all those things take away your energy and your focus and your ability to create and thrive joyously in this beautiful world that's been created for you. You place importance on things that are not that important. And a really powerful thing that I took a long time to learn is that one thing, your chief definite aim, that one goal that you have, your ultimate desire, your wish fulfilled does not even matter. Sure, it would be wonderful when it happens, but it doesn't matter. And when you take the attitude that it doesn't matter, that's when it happens. Your grasping and desiring and hopefulness for this thing, when you add importance to it and you make it matter, seems to push it away energetically. So if you can just say, that doesn't matter, 
then suddenly you free the energies to flow into what you want and that thing will happen or something better and if it doesn't it doesn't matter we spend our times worrying and obsessing about things so often that in retrospect they really don't matter and whatever you're going through right now i know it might be tough but ask yourself does it really matter does it really matter you can find all episodes of the reality revolution at therealityrevolution.com and welcome to the reality revolution <laughs>